Welcome back, manifestors, and welcome to Manifest Your Dreams. I'm your host, Lexi Wilson, a speaker and manifestation teacher who loves to help women learn practical ways to turn their dreams into plans. If you feel called to change your life and create the outcomes that you want, then this is the show for you. So let's go ahead and get into today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode. I am really excited about today's topic because once again, it is listener requested. I love whenever you guys send me suggestions on how I can best serve you because when I listen to podcasts, I tend to look at it as like free coaching. (laughs) I listen to women that I admire or women who have businesses that I also want to emulate. And I see this as an opportunity to get a window into how are they coping with the ups and downs and how are they handling stress or anxiety or just feeling disconnected. And um, so when you guys tell me over on Instagram, like these are the ways that you can help support me this is what I need to know, or this is what I'm struggling with. It just makes me feel so good to know that I get to support you and encourage you and share the things that have helped me as well as what I've received through my meditation practice and uh, things like that so I can support you. So as you can tell by today's topic, we are going to be talking about how to have faith when things are really, really hard. And Many people can relate to this because there's no one on this planet that has ever had it easy. Even when we look at people who seem to have it all, they have the best marriage, they have the best family, they have the most money, there are still things in their life that they struggle with and find to be very difficult. And so we all can relate to dealing with that. But I think especially during this time, (laughs) this season of life, that has not ended yet after two years, <laughs> which is crazy. It's about to be March 2022, and that will literally give us our two-year anniversary of living in a pandemic. Can you believe it? Can you believe that? That's insane. I mean, to think about March 2020, we all thought, yeah, just go inside for two weeks. And two years later, here we are. But anyways, um, but we're all dealing with the difficulties of that. Difficult conversations and difficult decisions. Do we go back to work? Do we stay at home? What about the kids? Or what about, you know, trips? A lot of us, we want to get out and we want to see our friends and our family. And we're trying to figure out, like, who's vaccinated, who's masked up, who's not vaccinated, who's not masking up, who's this, who's that. It's a lot. And so we're all dealing with the loneliness, the pressure, um, all of that. And so even if you're in an easier time in your life than maybe some of the people around you, if you're dealing with the pandemic, you're still dealing with some level of difficulty. You know what's so interesting? Totally interrupting myself here. Um, As I'm recording, a hummingbird... (laughs) just flew past my window and I don't even think I've ever seen a hummingbird here so it's always crazy because when I'm doing coaching calls or recording a podcast a couple things happen either one the trash guy comes so if you hear that somewhere along the lines of this recording 
let's just say hello to that guy because he always comes every episode. <laughs> or two, there's always some animal that pops by. And I understand now the spiritual significance of animals. They're usually guides, they're um, angels, they're messengers trying to give us something. So I'm going to look up the meaning of a hummingbird after this uh, just to see what significance that holds for this particular episode. And maybe I'll include it in the info bar. Um, but <laughs> but at the, at, at the end of the day, regardless of what animal it is, just the fact that they always show up when I'm in this space of channeling and connecting with you guys, it always makes me feel really uh, supported by the universe when I see that. So before I dive in, um, I do want to invite you to come and visit me over on Instagram because that is where I get a lot of these ideas from. I'm getting it directly from you. So if you find me on Instagram at the Lexi Wilson, that's T-H-E-L-E-X-I-E. Don't forget the E. Now at this point, I'm sure you're saying it with me. <laughs> and then Wilson, W-I-L-S-O-N. Follow me on there. Send me a DM and tell me what are the things that you are struggling with right now that you really want some encouragement or support, clarity, direction, something. It can be related to manifesting, to astrology, um, to running an intuitive business. If you find that you just wish that you had somebody to kind of give you some insight, uh, then go ahead and DM me so we, I can create an episode just for you and uh, just for also the rest of the community because many times when you're struggling with something, the collective community is also struggling with it too. So uh, let me know over on Instagram how I can serve you and let's hop into today's topic. So the first thing when we're talking about dealing with difficulty, because I know that the temptation is to think, how can I get out of this, right? <laughs> like, how can I make this easier on myself? Because we're all wired to, our brains are literally wired for pleasure. We seek out pleasure and we seek to avoid pain. So anytime you stub your toe, anytime, you know, your, your heart is aching, your desire is to get away from that thing as quickly as possible. But here's the, the challenge with that. One, you can't avoid pain. Life is, is a, a, a series of balances. And so there is pleasure, but there's also pain. And the idea, the notion that pleasure is always going to be more of a blessing than pain is kind of ridiculous. You know, at the end of the day, in order to even identify pleasure, you have had to have experienced some level of pain. It's no different than in order to truly understand what happiness means, you'd have to have experienced some level of sadness. This is the yin and the yang of life. We need that balance because it creates a level of gratitude. It truly, uh, pleasure comes from understanding the absence of pleasure. And the absence of pleasure, although really uncomfortable, can also bring us not only the joy of understanding what pleasure really feels like, but it can often bring us lessons that we would not be able to identify if we were just in a state of pleasure all the time. So if we can look at uncomfortableness and pain and struggle from a different perspective, it can actually relieve the pain of pain. <laughs> You know, if you're not looking at it as something to avoid, but something that's just part of the cycle of life, it actually makes it less painful. And I say that as someone who is a former athlete. I was a gymnast for a very long time. Like I started gymnastics very young, like two or three years old, really, really young until I was 17. 
And I have hurt myself plenty of times because it's just, it's part of the territory, sis. <laughs> and I think the best thing about being an athlete from a very young age, both of my parents were also athletic as well. So I'm very grateful that they really instilled that in me is that pain is part of the process. You don't just start gymnastics flipping off the beam, you know, doing tucks and, and doing, you know, things on the bar and you're just the best at it. No, you're going to fall off and it's going to hurt. If it doesn't hurt physically, it's going to hurt your ego when the rest of your team is looking at you, you know, suck on your floor routine. <laughs> you know, and you're not going to come in there and immediately be wow and amazing. And sometimes, I mean, yeah, maybe you're gifted and you are, but there will be that opportunity, sis, for you to fall flat on your face and feel the pain of that embarrassment or literal physical, broken bones, sprained ankle, sprained foot, I mean, sprained uh, pinky, whatever it is. But when you go through those experiences from a very early age, it makes you realize that this is just part of my process. This is not an indicator that I'm a failure or that I'll never be able to, you know, tackle this routine. I'll never learn. I, I suck. You recognize that one, everybody starts at zero. Everyone needs to learn. Everyone makes mistakes. And even if some of us are better at certain skills than others, like I was really great on the floor, but the balance beam kind of scared me, okay? It's kind of scary to be on top of this thin thing that's like an inch and a half long. <laughs> Maybe not an inch and a half. I can't remember the actual numbers of it, but it's not that long. And I'm, I'm expected to just do like a round off on this to a six-year-old, that's terrifying, okay? <laughs> uh, you want me to do a front tuck on a string, essentially, a really glorified string? <laughs> that's what it feels like. But when you start to recognize that even though I might be good in one area, but not that great in another, the, pro the process of learning, of falling, of all this stuff does not mean that I am not going to be successful or the best even at this. So, I think that for me, being able to transfer that mindset of knowing that it's okay for me to suck at something and for me to feel even the pain and the uncomfortableness of something, it doesn't mean that I am not built or meant to be great in this very thing. So when I look at life, I have the same experience. I watch too many people quit at whatever they're working on, whether it's their career or their relationship or their business, where they decide because they haven't made as much money as they expected that they were going to make in the first three years of their business or that they haven't had anybody reach out to them in the last two months, they start to question, if I keep failing at this, does this mean that I should actually just stop? They start to look at the failure as an indicator that they need to reevaluate or reassess what they're doing rather than looking at their energy. Do you desire to continue doing this? Have you even invited people into your business? Have you dealt with the problems inside of your relationship? Are you actually doing the things that it takes to attract the thing that you want, the clarity for your career, the clarity for your next step in your relationship, the attraction marketing inside of your business, whatever it is? 
Have you actually done those things? Or have you been so stuck in the energy of this is uncomfortable, this is so hard, and it means that I should stop, that now you've actually created a fulfilling prophecy. You've now fulfilled that idea that now because I don't think that it's working, it means that I must stop. But let's reframe that. So the first thing that I'm going to talk about, one, when we're talking about how to have faith when everything seems so difficult, is reframe the situation. How can you reframe, which means to change how you look at your experience? So here's an example. For me, at the beginning of this year, I experienced a slowdown in my business. Now, in comparison to last year, which was when I first started my business, I just celebrated my one-year anniversary. Okay. (laughs) But in January of 2021, my business exploded. I did not expect it. I mean, I did because I understood my personal astrology and it was my year of abundance. (laughs) It's actually still my year of abundance in a different way. Uh, But I knew something big was going to happen, but I couldn't have told you that it would have been my business blowing up the way that it did. And so I was getting paid literally every single day, which was phenomenal. Um, I was making more money than I had ever made in my business or even working full time as a former social worker or a former therapist. So I was feeling good, sis. It was it was a good day. It was a good day. And those months of continuously selling out my birth chart readings, uh, waking up to new sales, I mean, oh my God, it felt amazing. Of course, I know there's always seasons, so I knew that, of course, this would one day kind of change in what this abundance would look like, but I was dwelling in this energy, sis. So now we fast forward one year later, and January 2022, my business doesn't look exactly the same. I'm not experiencing that overflow of people constantly booking readings and coming in and be like, I can't, I just, I can't even wait. Please don't put me on your wait list. You have something available next week, blah, blah, blah. Last year, I would literally put out my calendar and within 15 minutes, my calendar was booked solid. Okay. That's how insane things got. Uh, Within 24 hours, my entire two weeks were filled up. And I believe within a week, the rest of my month was all booked. And eventually I had to roll into the next month and then that got filled really quickly. And so I had to eventually completely go into a wait list because I couldn't keep up with the demand. It was, I was not expecting that. This year doesn't quite feel like that at all. (laughs) And I'm being just honest with you guys, just because I, that's how I tend to do things anyways. I just tell the truth. Uh, I just feel like it, it feels better. And on top of that, I, I love when I hear from other people about their ups and their downs in their business because it just normalizes the reality of entrepreneurship. You're, you're going to have those months that truly feel like an overflow of abundance. And then you're also going to have those months where you're lucky if you made, you know, four figures. And so uh, this is just the life of entrepreneurship. And obviously, as you establish your foundation in your business, the ups and downs might not be so drastic as well as they might not happen often. But the truth being is, is that it happens, you know, it happens. So anyways, so this year, when it, when the year started, of course, I'm expecting some level of a slowdown because, you know, Christmas, the holidays, uh, and more people were really spending money this holiday season as compared to last holiday season when everybody's Christmas was basically canceled due to COVID, people probably had a bit more excess money. So I knew that with this year where everyone was actually traveling and trying to spend time with their families, that the money might slow down and they might not prioritize doing birth chart readings or, um, you know, 
know, booking coaching calls and so forth. However, it was still definitely something that triggered fear and discouragement. What if I'm a one hit wonder, even though, or a one year wonder, <laughs> um, or what if, you know, this isn't like the, it is, the ship has sailed, right? Of course, those thoughts came to me because I'm still a human being, even though I'm working on my mind and I'm working on my energy and my faith all the time. But I also had asked myself this question that I'm asking you when I say, how can you reframe this experience? And I asked myself, instead of staying in that energy of, oh my goodness, well, what about this? And what about that? And I got to pay this and I got to pay that. I asked myself, what if this slowdown is actually an opportunity for me to get abundance in a different way? Last year, the abundance felt financial. It was a lot of clients, amazing clients, and a lot of money, a lot of money, (laughs) which felt amazing. And what if this time, because of those decisions that I made last year, where I hired help, I started creating some systems, it has led me into a place where now I have an abundance of support, help, presence in my life, like I'm not scattered all over the place because I do have some level of a foundation. I know, you know, this is what I do for my business. I know what time I wake up. I know, you know, I have some level of a schedule because I've created some consistency in my business. I have an abundance of time now because again, I'm a full-time entrepreneur. So I get that luxury of deciding what my day looks like. I have an abundance of opportunities now, connecting with other people, partnering, doing guest coaching, guest speaking, um, creating also great content that is fun content on TikTok and on Instagram and partnering with brands that I'm really excited to partner with. And I have a lot of clarity on what the next level of my business actually looks like. But those are all things that... I definitely have an abundance of right now that I didn't have last year, that if I am so stuck on the finances, I'm not going to recognize all of that abundance. Look at it this way. When you're making a lot of money, right, but you don't know exactly what you're meant to do or how you're meant to use that, is it not really frustrating Is it not really confusing when you're still asking yourselves these larger questions of what's my purpose? Am I really supposed to keep doing this? Should I have changed this? Did I make a mistake? Isn't that much more confusing, upsetting, and frustrating than when you are very clear on your purpose, when you're very clear on your gifts and your time? Because I know what it's like to make consistent money, have a consistent paycheck, but then also feel that fear of wondering if I'm making the right choices. And that doesn't feel really good. Even though I technically have the abundance of finance, my finances, I lack clarity and that causes me to not feel so abundant. Or let's say, I know that energy of, again, having the financial abundance, but then having absolutely no time. No time, no energy to do the things that I want to do because I got to get this stuff done for my job. I got to get this stuff done for this, for that, for this. And so now, even though I might have financial abundance, because I lack time, I don't actually feel abundant. And the way that energy really works and the law of attraction works, you have to feel the energy. You have to match the vibration of the thing you desire. So this is why, for example, if someone is rich, very wealthy in in our eyes, but if they don't have this energy of truly feeling abundant in their life because maybe they don't have any time, 
even though they physically have wealth, they don't actually feel abundant. And so their energy, their life doesn't actually seem abundant to them. It might seem that way to us, but to them, they're going, yeah, well, I wish that I could spend time at home with my kids, but I can't because I got to keep working. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do whatever. So we have to match the energy of abundance in order for us to attract the kind of abundance that we want. And if we want more time, if we want clarity on where we're going, if we want more money, if we want whatever it is, we have to do the things or feel the, no, we have to do the things that allow us to feel the energy of the thing that we desire. And so last year, I experienced a lot of financial abundance, but I also learned the hard lesson of trading time for money. And because I didn't have the support at the time, and I didn't know what I was doing because I wasn't expecting my business to explode the way that it did, and I came from working as an employee, I had an employer's mindset. So my pay also reflected that employer's mindset, where the idea is I give you time, and in exchange, you give me money. The reality, though, is that when you're running a business, it can't work like that because one, you limit yourself, you limit how much you can actually earn because you only have so much time. And two, especially when you're running an energetic business where it's really rooted in your intuition, you can have all the time in the world. But if your energy is depleted because you don't actually feel connected then your well is going to dry up. And if that well is supposed to be the thing that makes you the abundance that you seek, that if that well is your intuition, says you can't afford to not have the energy necessary to create that abundance in your life. I had to go through that experience last year of recognizing that I had to change my business model in order to create a sustainable business. And in the future, maybe I can talk more about what that looks like when you're an intuitive business owner. You do have to go about running your business model very differently than a traditional business and very differently than being an employee. Being an employee and being a CEO, whoa, two different energies. And I learned that lesson all of last year. But in this moment now, fast forwarding from January 2021 to now January, well, now it's February 2022, but to January 2022, when I experienced a slowdown in my business, the reality is, is it taught me the value in abundance comes in so many forms. Where last year, the abundance was, was tangible. I could see it. And it supported me in being able to create a foundation. It also supported me in giving me some level of clarity and also confidence. It proved to me that I actually could run a successful business doing my marketing mainly through email and Instagram. But this year, this year started off by giving me space for clarity. All of these eclipses and retrogrades and all this stuff gave me an opportunity to develop my clarity and to develop a sense of presence in my business, truly understanding what it means to be an, a CEO versus an employee and what is required in order for me to scale and grow and create a consistent foundation for my success inside of this business, as well as the success of my clients. But I had to reframe this experience in order for me to do this. So I want you to do the same thing. How can this thing that you're experiencing right now in your life that's so difficult, how, how is it blessing you? 
one of the life coaches that I admire, her name is Martha Back, and Martha Back, and she works with Oprah. And I remember years ago when I was reading Oprah's magazine, she had asked this question, what makes your problem perfect? And I loved that because she's asking you to look at your problem and say, how is this actually a blessing in my life in some way? What am I going to get from this or what am I getting from it as a result of it? Moving on to point two, recognize this as an opportunity for growth because the truth is that faith only grows when you don't have proof. The meaning of faith, and I know I've mentioned this in previous episodes, the meaning of faith is completely centered on the fact that you can't see anything yet. (laughs) So in order for you to actually develop it, you have to go through those moments where you don't have proof yet that what you're thinking or feeling is actually going to work. It's when you take that stab in the dark. Maybe that's not a good example, but whatever. It's when you, <laughs> it's when you, you know, take that first step, not knowing if the step is going to appear, that that is when faith grows. It grows through the difficulty. You become stronger through the challenge. I know that a lot of people feel like, I don't like that thinking because you're telling me that in order for me to experience strength, I got to be challenged. And you know, I'm not here to say whether or not this is the only and right way to believe in something. I I can't speak to that. But what I can say is I am a Capricorn. (laughs) I am ruled by the planet of harsh lessons, okay? (laughs) Saturn to Nelia. Saturn is my planet. And she's all about the harsh lessons. She's about the challenges. She's about, she is the great teacher, And so part of her presence in the universe is reminding you that difficulty is part of the journey. Now, I know that not everybody is ruled by Saturn because we're all different (laughs) pieces of the the universe. And so if you're, you know, a Jupiter baby, uh, which let's see, Jupiter is Sagittarius, um, you know, you kind of might want to go with the ease. (laughs) And I get it. I totally respect that. So I'm not making anybody wrong. But what I am saying is, There is value through the challenge. I didn't become a really good gymnast because it was easy. I became a good gymnast because it was very hard and I kept showing up and I kept pushing myself and I kept seeing every opportunity and every failure as a chance to be better than I was the day before. I am not uh, a successful business owner because I started a business and it took off right away. I've started several businesses and I have failed a lot. (laughs) And because of those failures, it led me to this place where I was able to create a business that now within one year surpassed my, my salary that I had had when I was working full time. I made more money than I could have ever made as a social worker or a therapist which is great because then it just proves to me that I really belong in this space as an entrepreneur. But the point is, is I had to go through all of those failed businesses, the the public humiliation, because I did a lot of this online. So people were watching as I constantly evolved into these different ideas. 
I had to go through that so I could become who I am right now. And many of the women or, or men that you admire on Instagram that talk about, oh, within the first nine months of my business, I made $100,000 or I'm at half a million whatever it is, many of them have had the same experiences. Maybe in this leg of their business, within nine months, because they had failed so many times before, that's why they were able within these nine months now to create a business that went on to make half a million dollars in just a short amount of time. It's not that it just happened by circumstance, by, by happenstance. It happened because they learned the lessons from their previous failures and previous challenges. So instead of looking for the easy way for everything to be, I, again, as the daughter of Saturn, <laughs> want to invite you to recognize that the challenge in and of itself is an opportunity for your faith to grow. You get to see who you really are when you've got to actually go to war for the thing that you believe in. And if you wouldn't fight for what you believe in, then that's your work. Now you have to identify, do I really believe in this? Do I really believe in myself? Am I really passionate about this? And those answers will allow you the freedom to actually find that purpose. Maybe you get started on a business idea and then when it starts getting hard, you want to bow out. So the question is, do you actually want to do this or was it just a money idea? Was it just a good idea that you saw somebody else doing and you thought, this is my chance? Because if that's the case, it's okay for you to then say, I'm going to release this and I'm actually going to follow where I really belong, which is wherever my purpose is. I'm going to keep doing that work to figure that out. But you wouldn't have known that if you didn't go through the challenge of recognizing like when this shit got hard, I didn't want to do it anymore, <laughs> right? And obviously when you really want something, even when it's difficult, You'll keep going. You'll keep making it happen because you really, really want it. Okay, let's move on to point number three. Point number three is you've got to choose to come back to joy because the reality is, is that it's really easy to stay in a state of discouragement when you're dealing with difficulty. I am going to talk about discouragement, so do not, uh, do not assume that I'm saying that there is no value in energies that feel a little bit more of a low vibration, because we're gonna talk about that. But before we get into that, I wanna talk about the high vibrational choice of joy. Joy is different than happiness, because happiness, in my mind, is really based on circumstances. You know, it's based off of, is the sun shining today? Do I have a lot of money in my bank account? You know, am I not having any problems in my relationship? Do I feel happy single? Things like that, right? It, when you the answers to those things are yes or just in favor of what you want, happiness tends to follow. <laughs> but joy is, to me, not based off of circumstances. It's a, it's a way of being. I can be joyful, full of joy, even though I'm stressing out even though I'm worried, even though I'm nervous, but I can still feel joy in my heart. And I want you to always remember that even when you are facing difficulty, you can choose joy. It's very tempting to only focus on how difficult this is, how painful it is, how uncomfortable this is, how there's no value in this, how this is only making things worse. 
but that is actually not supporting you in getting to the place that you want to be in, which is pleasure. It's only feeding that cycle of I should be, I should be, I should be, I should be in a different vibration. I should be feeling something different. I should have this or that. And that energy of should never gets you to where you actually want to be. So I'm definitely inviting you into feeling the full gamut of emotion. And we'll talk about what that actually looks like in a way that really serves you. But I want you to always remember that at any moment, I might not be happy, but I can choose to feel joy. I can choose to feel a sense of hope. I can feel grateful, even though I don't feel happy right now. I don't feel happy right now. I don't feel comfortable right now, right? A good example, again, of this when I think of gymnastics. Gymnastics taught me so much. And I really, like, I just feel like being an athlete, doing, uh, whether it's athleticism or I used to play instruments as well, Um, again, Capricorn, okay, so I was an overachiever. I played the flute, the oboe, and and, uh, the clarinet, and a little bit of saxophone, okay, overachiever. I wanted to be a woodwind professional. (laughs) and uh because I really thought I was going to be a band teacher can you believe it yeah anyways (laughs) but those types of things taught me a lot of discipline and one of those things is when I think of those 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 oh I remember oh my god the clarinet okay there was a note the high c and the way that you have to put your hands oh my goodness I was struggling girl girl Eighth grade me was just, I felt like this was the end. Eighth grade, I mean, eighth grade me felt like I will never succeed in life if I don't figure out how to do this high C, okay? And the high C note, okay, was the difference between whether or not I was going to get to be in symphony or whether or not I was going to be rejected, okay, and humiliated, not be a part of symphony with my friends, okay? This is a big deal. (laughs) So... 14-year-old me was convinced, I've got to put in the work. I've got to make this happen. I've got to learn all the tricks, how do you do it. And this is before YouTube, so you can't just like get on the computer and see how other people are doing it, right? You've you got to mentally just figure this out on your own. It's, just, it's a hard life back in those days. We're talking 1999, you know, 2000s. <laughs> and I remember how difficult... Oh my God, that note, I felt like it was so difficult. And I remember I was so discouraged, but I told my symphony teacher that I was like, I'm not happy right now about like how difficult this actually is, but I know I'm going to get it. I know I'm going to get it. So if you could just give me, I remember when I did the test, I ended up failing um, to, to do uh, the audition, not the test. Uh, I ended up failing because I couldn't get the note. And so I told him, like, I'm not happy with this result, but if you could just please, please let me audition for you one more time, and I will get this. If you just give me a week, I will get this. Now, why would I think that? I don't know. But I knew that I had to because I couldn't not be in symphony. I couldn't do this. All of my friends had gotten in. So I went home, and I worked so hard, and you bet your bottom dollar, sis. I got in symphony because I figured out how to get to that high C. I mean, I will never forget that challenge because at that time, this sounds like a fun story, but at that time, it was not a fun story. This was truly life and death because go back, okay? 14-year-old problems, they feel like the end of the world and not getting to be with your friends. Are you kidding me? Right? So (laughs) 
So I remember thinking that, but I had to have this feeling that I could do it. That's the joy. That's the sense of like the hope. I had to have this knowing that I could do this. If I gave that up and decided that because I didn't feel happy because of my circumstances, and then ultimately decided to essentially just give up hope, give up my joy, well now I'm stuck. That story would be completely different. And I'd be stuck in that story of I failed. I remember that time that I did this challenge and I didn't overcome and I embarrassed myself and I felt that's how I would replay that story in my head, even though it might not have been true in terms of like embarrassing yourself or things like that. But that's what I would have felt. So you have to choose joy in order for you to to intentionally raise that vibration back into a place uh, that that feels better, even though you're still dealing with difficulty. Okay, intentionally bring joy into your life in a few other ways as well. You can do this. So let's say right now you don't have a job and life is difficult and I've been there too. When I graduated from high school, not high school, from college, it was 2010. Girl, I graduated right into that housing crash. Okay, so if y'all don't remember, nobody could get a job. Okay, no one could get a job. Everything financially had quit. Are not in the quit, had everybody lost the money. The whole housing crash had happened where they like bailed out Wall Street, but they can't bail us out with our student loans. But all right, whatever. I'm not gonna get political, but I'm just saying, okay? That's what I graduated into. So it was not a good time. <laughs> no jobs were available and I was applying everywhere. And I, of course I felt like a failure. I felt embarrassed, um, even though everybody was struggling, but I still felt this energy of like, why can't I get a job? But then at the same time, I would also share like, you know, at least I don't got to like, because I don't got a job, I can go to the movies anytime I want. <laughs> because I don't got a job or my friends want to hang out at the house, I could actually hang out. I had more freedom and time because I had just graduated from school where I was always busy with extracurricular activities with assignments with all this stuff to now having all this free time and so instead of always seeing that energy of feeling like well I don't have any money and I don't have this and I don't have that I started to see well no I don't but it also does mean that yes when my friends want to say like hey let's meet up for lunch I can actually say yes as long as they're paying because the girl is broke <laughs> But you know, I saw it differently. And because of that, that summer before I then went on to grad school, uh, so I got busy again, but that summer before, I really had a great summer. I went to the zoo with my mom. I uh, spent time with family. I did all these great things because I switched my mind into a place of joy, even though my circumstances weren't necessarily making me happy, I chose joy. So I wanna encourage you to do the same thing. Okay. Number four, if you hear my cat meowing, that would be Leo. He apparently has a lot to say. And once again, it's like, if it's not the garbage guy, it's now my cat, okay? There's always something going on. <laughs> okay, so number four, lean on your community. Okay, so you're not meant to go through difficulty all by your lonesome. We are a collective group. Humans need humans. And I know that right now in the middle of COVID, a lot of us are very 
you know, weary, leery, leery. There you go. <laughs> we are weary too, but leery of spending too much time in the presence, physical presence of people. And so there are ways that you can make this easier on yourself and, and make yourself more comfortable. So number one, obviously, you know, whether it means getting vaccinated or if you don't feel comfortable with that, then hanging out with people that share that same mindset or wearing masks or safely distancing, there are ways for you to actually try to maximize the time that we're in, but you are going to have to release some of the, the it has to be like this in order for it to work. You have to release that because the truth is um, we need people, we need community. So you have to be willing to change it up. I think of, for example, last year when everybody was doing birthday Zoom parties, I'm sure people didn't really want to celebrate their birthday via Zoom. I mean, some people probably really loved it. <laughs> My Pisces people out there probably really loved being alone. <laughs> Them and Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, for many people, the idea, the concept of like celebrating their part themselves alone, or if you had a milestone birthday, right? If it was your 30th birthday or your 40th birthday, it probably really felt like it sucked. And you probably really wish I, that it had to be a big party or it had to be like this in order for it to be perfect. But the truth is, is that no, it doesn't have to be like anything in order for it to actually be perfect. You can still find joy and ease in letting go of this idea of perfection and embracing where you are right now. And by that, for many people, it meant Zoom birthdays. Uh, my cousin, when we celebrated her birthday last year in the middle of COVID when everything was still fresh and new, <laughs> so we didn't know what to do, we did a paint party via Zoom. And it was a lot of fun. We created paintings and then we all mailed it to her. And so now she got to put it around her house and you know, have this remembrance of this time when we all did a paint party via Zoom. And it was really amazing. You can create whatever level of community that feels in alignment for you during these tough times in order for you to just feel connected. FaceTime people more, get on the phone. If you feel safe, being in the presence of people, do that. Safely distance, mask up, vaccinate, or whatever feels in alignment for you. I just want to encourage you to be responsible and be realistic about your need for your community. Okay, and what I do want to say about that as well is choose to, to surround yourself with people in a high vibration. Because misery tends to love company. And so if you are in a space where your vibration is discouraged, you're not feeling at your best, I don't want you to spend a lot of time around other people who are also in that same space. Because although it can feel good feeling seen by them, it can also put you in a space where you end up just uh, uh, it, sharing that energy back and forth and then growing it even more. So you want to really spend time, more time, most of your time with people that are in a higher vibration 
Um, it doesn't have to mean that they're overexcited or they're just like always optimistic, you know, because that that can be annoying too. <laughs> Sometimes you want to still be seen and validated, but you just don't want to spend so much time where you're in a vibration that's so low and so negative because it's only going to make you feel worse. And if they're not in a mindset where they see the hope in the problem, then it might discourage you even further, causing you to feel like maybe this is you know, hopeless or endless, when in reality, everything has a seasonality to it. Happiness is seasonal, sadness is seasonal, all of it. And the last thing that I wanna say, point number four, is allow yourself the space to just grieve, to feel whatever it is that you feel. Now I made this last instead of putting it up at the top before I mentioned joy. And the reason that I did that, I think because intuitively, we all know that it's okay to feel sad. Of course, people wanna say it's not, and they wanna say, oh, only positive vibes, only whatever, and that's toxic positivity. So we recognize that that's not normal, right? You're supposed to, you, happiness only exists because sadness exists, right? So like, we, it's not normal. So intuitively, we know that it's safe to feel, but based off of the things that you might've experienced, maybe your parents said it wasn't okay to cry, Maybe society says because of your gender, you're not allowed to feel this emotion or that emotion. We've then been taught that we need to always be this, this overly happily, over, okay, well, I can't speak, overly happy person in order for us to get or do anything. And that's obviously just truly not realistic. You have to create room for low vibrational feelings. We have to be discerning in how long we spend time in these low vibrations, as well as discerning in how low we really go. If we recognize that our low vibrations are leading us into a place where we're questioning the value of our life or questioning our worth, those are vibrations that we don't need to make space for. Instead, we need to get help. How can someone help me raise my vibration back to a place of truth, which is even when I'm going through a difficult time, I am always worthy of life, of joy, and abundance. I am worthy of freedom no matter what anybody tells me. I am worthy of feeling loved no matter how sometimes difficult I can be, right? But if we are questioning those things, those are vibrations that don't really serve you. They just sometimes happen as a result of programming, trauma, and experiences. But other vibrations that, again, we wouldn't label as high vibrations, but can serve a purpose, such as grief or sadness or longing, those vibrations I wouldn't describe as high vibrations, but they still serve a purpose. They allow us to learn something that our higher vibrations of joy and gratitude and excitement don't always give us. And so instead, don't rush through this process. Recognize that even this low vibration of feeling nervous or worried can provide you a lesson and give you abundance in a different way than the abundance that comes with the high vibration of optim optimism and excitement. Again, if you see things through that view, all of a sudden, the very thing that causes you so much pain isn't as painful because you recognize it as not just a means to an end, but a value in and of itself, right? 
So I think of things like when you're grieving because of a death or a loss or an end of a relationship. Yes, it sucks to feel that, but to ignore that vibration simply because it's low isn't beneficial. You need space to grieve, to feel, to love. And I, I think of uh, on WandaVision, and I know I'm gonna butcher this, which I really hate, I should have put wrote this down. But I think of Vision when he was talking to Wanda and he said, what is, what is grief? Oh man, now I really want to look this up because I just feel like <laughs> um, it was so good. Um, okay, so I'm, I got to, you got to give me a second here because I'm literally looking it up. Oh man, I, I can't, I can't find it. And I, I maybe I should have edited the, this out, <laughs> but, oh, there we go. I found it. Okay. So he says, what is grief if not love persevering? Ooh, so good. So good. Remember when we were all collectively like going crazy over WandaVision? I mean, there was just nothing better than that. Oh, and of course. If you know anything about me, if you know anything about me, if you buy any of my courses, if you are in any of my coaching programs, or if you listen to my podcast, there is not one episode or one thing that I do where I don't end up quoting Marvel. <laughs> but it's a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. This is crazy. I really didn't mean to do that. As you guys know, because you guys heard me literally searching for it. So I really didn't plan that. But the point is, bring it back. Bring it back. All right. What is grief if not love persevering? That hit so many people in the feels because it's true. Grief is not a vibration that feels amazing. Whether the grief is coming from death or whether it's coming from the end of a friendship or the end of a relationship, it doesn't feel great. But at the same time, grief in and of itself is the presence of love still existing. What you do with that depends on the circumstances. But the point is, is it means you loved. And if we don't feel love, we can't, we can't, we can't feel grief. We can't feel loss. We can't feel having. We can't feel holding. Again, happiness exists because sadness exists. Light exists because darkness exists. One can't go without the other because it has no meaning if there is no opposite. And so that is, life is life because death exists. Whether it's a real tangible death or whether it's just a metaphysical death. And so I want to encourage you to recognize that some of these low vibrations are an opportunity for you to receive something that you could not have received in the presence of that thing. Whatever the blessing, the happiness, the joy, the ease was, ease only exists because challenges exist, right? Flow only exists because opposite of flow exists. Stagnation exists, I guess that would be the word. Recognize that everything has a season, right? We have fall, we have winter, we have spring, we have summer. So even in your life, you are going to experience seasons. The moon has seasons. It's a new moon. It's a waxing moon. It's a full moon. It's a waning moon. And then the cycle begins all over again. This is just the way life works. 
There's ups and downs. And this is how things stay in the motion of flow, of abundance, is by going through the seasons. And so if all the planets can experience retrogrades, and if the entire planet can experience seasons, and if even the moon has phases, why do you think you being a collection of stars, you being a child of the universe, why do you think that you would not also experience phases in your life, seasons in your life, retrogrades in your own life? See the value in this difficult moment and recognize that even now you are being blessed, even now. I hope that this encouraged you. I really loved this topic. I love talking about challenges and difficulties. And again, it might be because I'm ruled by the planet of it. My life hasn't been very easy. I've had to overcome a lot of stuff and I'm still in the midst of overcoming and healing a lot of traumas that I've been through. It has not been an easy road at all for me. And it's also been incredibly isolating. But I think because of my mindset around challenge, when I talk about the things that I've had to deal with, the, the, the low feelings, the things that I've experienced, many people look at me and they go, whoa, I could have never dealt with that. I don't even know how you're talking about this and you're not crying or you're not this. And I know it's because there's still beauty in the ashes of it. And I'm not saying that I would relive some of the things that I've experienced in my childhood. I'm not saying that I deserved those things in my childhood or in my adulthood, not in the least bit. But I do see the value in the challenges that I've gone through and that the reason I can speak with such conviction and passion to you today to give you the encouragement necessary so you can show up in your life no matter what level of difficulty you're currently facing is because I've gone through it. I'm not speaking from a place of ease and flow. I'm speaking from the days of feeling stagnant. I'm speaking from the days of feeling so lonely that I didn't know whether or not I should still be here. I'm speaking from the pain of abuse, of being rejected. I'm speaking from places where it didn't feel comfortable at all for years. But by learning to reframe my experiences, by learning to recognize the necessity of my pain, it made things a lot less painful for me. And that's what makes me a great teacher, a great speaker, and a great coach because I was able to then turn every single piece of coal into a diamond. Anyways, I can't wait to hear from you guys. Let me know over on Instagram if this really resonated with you. I would also love if you could do two things. One, go ahead and screenshot this episode. Tag me over on Instagram at at the Lexi Wilson. Once again, that's T-H-E-L-E-X-I-E. Don't forget the E. Wilson, W-I-L-S-O-N. And tag me, letting me know what you thought about this episode, if it resonates with you, if you enjoyed it. And two... If you could, please leave me a review over on Spotify and or uh, iTunes because the algorithm over there works where if you leave a review, five stars, four stars, but hopefully it's five. <laughs> um, but, you know, leaving a review, leaving your thoughts, 
it pushes me up in the feed and gets more people to actually see this podcast and be able to listen to this and find hope as well. So we want more people to find this community and uh, you can help me in, in doing that. And if you're somebody who's like, I really just want to support Lexi, I want to support the things that she's doing, that is a big way that you can show support is by actually rating and uh, reviewing this podcast as well as uh, sharing it on social media. Of course, you can also share it with your friends too if you just want to send them a little text and be like, girl, you need this. Go ahead and do that too. It's a really free and easy way to show your support and get more um, ears, I was about to say eyes, but ears <laughs> on the show. And I think there was something else that I was going to say. And of course, I forgot it, but that's all right. I'm sure it'll come to me as soon as I press stop. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say is just remember uh, all the links are down in the description bar below as well. So if you just want to click on a button uh, to find me on Instagram, then you can go ahead and do that as well. Anyway, I will see you all next week. I hope that you have a wonderful and blessed day. Bye.